Welcome to the Young IPA Podcast. I'm James, this is Pete. G'day everyone. It is the 29th of August and this is episode 124. Super fun show coming up. We're going to be talking to Sky News host... Uh, Rita Panahi, yep. the Friday show. She's also a political prisoner, as we get into. So we're going to be talking to her about being in Twitter jail for a tweet from two years ago. Mm. She she's and a lefty as well. Yes, and there's a bit of cruise chat. We're going to chat some cruise. Yeah. Um, which people I've never been on, so we're, we're going to learn. Mm. We're going to laugh and we're going to learn. Uh, and we've also got Willoughby Duff. So we, uh, for people that watch Q&A on Monday night, the high school special, Willoughby Duff is a high school student from Western Australia who was on the show. Pete and I talked to him about being on the show, being on the panel, and some of the stuff that was written online. Uh, he's a really interesting chat. We'll rule the world within a year, maybe two, um, and which is good news for Pete and I because I think I'm the I'm ambassador to the US mm. and you get your own show on the ABC. That's what he promised. Okay, cool. So uh, that's a super fun chat. We've also got... We're going to be talking about the Amazon fires. That's the biggest story in the world. Uh, electric cars. We're, nuclear, we're sending a nuclear bomb into a hurricane at it's the moment, right. which is going to be the best action movie from 1993 in the planet. Uh, super fun show from the rest of it. Pete, anything you're particularly looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to where I say on telly that I... Well, I'll save it, yep. but I insert cricket into the national political discussion. <laughs> and high time you did. And my hero is an absolute yep. ripper. Because if there's one thing people aren't discussing at the moment, it's cricket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the nexus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. So, Pete, let's talk about it because Amazon fires was the big story. It was. Over 70,000 fires raging in the Amazon. And you would have seen a lot of celebrities and politicians saying, this is a massive issue, blah, 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 blah. I'd like to hit you with- Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's wow. a direct quote. Wow. I would like to hit you with a few facts. So, okay. Eric Holthouse is an example of this. He's a leading climate reporter with half a million Twitter followers. Lots yep. of, you know, followers. It's more than me. More than you. He yep. said the current fires are without precedent in the past 20,000 years. Yep. That's the kind of red hot take, pun intended, that a lot of, that a lot of has been going on. Now, NASA reported, you might have heard of NASA, they reported that actually the level of the fires t-shirts. is slightly below average. Dan Nepstad, who's a, who's a commentator on climate, said that they were 7% higher than average over the last 10 years. This is the level of fires in the Amazon. So yep. around average. Forbes reported that deforestation declined a whopping 70% between 2004 and 2012. So you're telling me that an internet trend of talking about how 20% of the world's oxygen supply is going out the window mm. uh, was incorrect. Mate, that is exactly because what I'm telling you. people didn't spend time researching the facts. They didn't research the facts like we bring to you. Also, Emmanuel Macron, president of France, uh-huh. circulated fake photos, which Saul has put on the screen now if you're uh, watching on YouTube. He tweeted, our house is burning. Literally, yeah. incorrect use of the word literally. Well, that's not the only... Like he's not the only one. Like I saw that photo far more than any other photo talking about Amazon fires when mm. people were talking about it. And yeah. like that's not from the Amazon fires. That is not from the Amazon fires. That was taken by a photographer who died in 2003. Um, he, he did so if it was about the Amazon fires, there are bigger issues at stake because there is a photographer who died 16 years ago. He's still producing top quality content. Exactly, and maybe and that's what we should him down. Maybe that's what we should be talking about the, the zombie apocalypse. Now, the, another thing is this lungs of the earth. They're thing. back and they're taking photos. Yeah, exactly right. Lungs of the earth thing keeps getting you know floated around. You know, these are the lungs of the earth. We've got to protect them. Bjorn Lomborg said. We love Bjorn Lomborg. The Amazon, like all other ecosystems, produce as much oxygen as they consume. Thus, their net production is about zero. Yeah. My thing is, like, I get that uh, it's overblown how many forest fires there are Hmm. in the Amazon. Yeah. There's still a lot. There's a lot of fires, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of how many there are. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like animals getting incinerated. Okay. Uh, so... Bit real. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, like, uh, we, you know, you came in like, this is a bloody stitch up. Like, it is. Look at it. It's still a lot of fire. 
Yeah. And I, I and it's, it's like, getting better. I know, but it's like, it's still, that's a lot of fires. And I, I think I can both be sad about how many fires there are and also concerned about the economic development of Brazil's poor. Because like a lot of the fires are started by people who are trying to clear land for farming mm. so they can afford to wait, which I get. That's which right. Which I get, but there is still a lot of fire. Well, that's right. And look, this sort of seeps into my point is yeah. that, that we've got environmental, uh, you know, crises that we have to look at, but you can't just make stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, no, a couple of weeks ago, the Pacific Islands were disappearing. They're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, I get that. Uh, and I also got like uh, when DiCaprio and Cristiano Ronaldo and Macron uh, all tweeting about... Like, oh, is that so? Like, it's Macron. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, when they're all tweeting about the Amazon fires, it's like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, I, I'm here in Melbourne. Uh, you, you're all multimillionaires. Yeah. Like, do you want me to write a check for how much money I have to... Yes. To the Amazon rainforest, like, isn't this what you do? Yeah, that's my theory. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's my theory. <laughs> I got another story here. So, electric vehicles—they're always seen as like the uh, golden way forward for yeah. uh, reducing CO two. If we can start using petrol-based cars, we can start using electric cars. That's all fine. Yeah. Uh, so, story that comes out yesterday that really uh, puts a hole in that. So, basically, Labor's green car policy would require up to seven billion dollars, and the other part of it being that electric vehicles actually take up more carbon dioxide emissions than regular petrol vehicles. Mm-hmm. So, electric cars worse for the planet than petrol-based cars. And this was the most clicked article in the Oz yesterday. It so was indeed. Were, so, yeah, so this was a pre-election briefing. Uh, it was put together by this engineering firm, Abmark, just to, like, Labor has come up with this policy. They're like, does it work? And they were like, quite clearly, no, we're not in that space yet. But it's just like the same thing we talk about when we talk about uh, exporting coal and all this other stuff, renewable energy. It's yep. like there is no magic bullet to solving environmental problems. Well, like, they don't, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like uh, I thought we had nuclear power in backpacks, but that's all right. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <Apart from> that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But it's like if you go 100% renewables and you go electric cars that are really expensive and don't save the planet and you do all this, the planet isn't saved and you just end up making life bad for poor people. That's exactly like, right. There, there is no magic bullet. Stop thinking there is one. That's exactly right. And the thing I love about this is I would just love, you know, like a rich person with their Tesla at a charging station with their jumper over their shoulders, you know, the way the rich people do that. Yeah. Uh, and someone just this, you know, young bogan driving past in their dats and yelling out, stop trashing the environment. Yeah, mate. that's that's the, that's <laughs> that's the future we want to say. Uh, cool. All right. So third story, Pete, uh, we wanted to talk about this a lot. We're apparently nuclear wep- uh, deploying nuclear bombs on hurricanes. Well, Donald Trump obviously listens to this podcast because it, we always say, you what know, a throwback nu- to hey, what did I miss from <laughs> four years ago? We've got a lot of prominent listeners, and we, we, you know, we say nuclear power is a great way to fight climate change. Donald, we didn't mean fire nukes at hurricanes, which is exactly what is alleged. Oh, so you're anti this? Interesting. I am. I am right. anti this. Interesting. I am anti this. So, uh, so it was reported this week. Uh, that Donald Trump suggested in a meeting that we should nuke hurricanes. Apparently he said, I got it, I got it, why don't we nuke them in a meeting, according to this this source. Uh, He went on to say, they start forming off the coast of Africa as they're moving across the Atlantic. We drop a bomb inside the eye of the hurricane and it disrupts it. Why can't we do that? Why can't we do that? I can't. Well, you're against it. You tell me why we can't do well, that. Well, allegedly, there's other. Well, I think the main thing is that it wouldn't stop the hurricane. Well, that's what we. Have you ever that's dropped a nuclear bomb in a hurricane? Uh, I haven't. No. How I haven't do we know? Seen, well, there you go. So Trump Trump has denied. He said it's a phony story. This never happened, blah, 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 yeah. blah. It 100% happened, I reckon. Oh, I de- mate, <laughs> definitely. Let's happened. buy Greenland. Let's bomb hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. I should become president. Like, they're all crazy <laughs> ideas. They all happened. Well, not they all happened. One of them happened. Anyway, so. Uh, but, and the other two are yet to happen, yeah. but I'm not ruling them out. Not ruling them out. Especially the Greenland one. Yeah. 
Uh, but Hillary Clinton tweeted out, let's not nuke hurricanes. Right? We should not nuke hurricanes, yeah. yeah. So very funny from you, Hillary. But I found, I've done a bit of investigative research here, James. 2014. <laughs> she had a strong pro-bombing hurricane stance. <laughs> well, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. The Hurricane Research Division of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, who always talk about climate change, said the question arises every hurricane season. And they said that... That's it. That's uh, the first time I've heard this question. There's a very smart scientist, yeah. James. And they said that, but they made that statement in 2014. Yeah. Now, I'm no historian, but a quick cursory look at the, in, uh, the internet says that Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State from 2009 to 2013, just prior to that statement from So you people. reckon she's asked? I'm not making that claim, James. The Clintons are very good lawyers. Right. I'm just saying, in the preceding <laughs> five years... Had you. I nearly had you. She was Secretary of State. <laughs> yeah. And in charge of, you know, her purview was probably hurricanes and nuclear Yes. Yeah. My take is when Clinton tweets out, we should not nuke hurricanes, I mean, that's the 2016 election right there. Like, we have a problem. It's hurricanes. Donald Trump, he's thinking outside the box. He's exploring different tasks. Yeah. And Hillary's like, you know what? We're not nuclear. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's right, actually. Hillary, what's your plan? That's actually a smart point. <laughs> Hillary, what's your plan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Think sort of, outside the box. What, we're just going to sit there and take another hurricane? No, Trump's on the front foot. He's going into the ocean and he's dropping bombs. That's right. She's speaking to her base, kind of going, yeah. like, how stupid this guy, you know? Yeah, and even if we don't end up uh, using a nuclear bomb in a hurricane, now hurricanes know that it's on the table. Yeah. Like, if they're forming in, Africa, in the ocean and they're thinking about coming over America, it's classic Cold War nuclear yeah. deterrent policy. They know they might come up against a nuclear bomb. They, they don't, don't want to do that, so they'll stay in the ocean. They know we're dinking. Yeah. <laughs> the hurricane knows who's, who's boss now. That's right. Like, what do we got now? Yeah. What have we got now, Mr. Hurricane? Exactly. All right, cool. Let's head over to Heroes and Villains segment. So, the Grunt the Pig Freedom Award, which we... Oh, oh there it is. Jeez. Rocky. <laughs> oh, this is a... Saul changes the timings on when he plays that sound effect every single week, and it will always throw us off. That was a photo of uh, James on Saturday night. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, <laughs> so cheap. Yeah, that's just... Wow. <laughs> Can we cut that? Um, Anyway, sorry, I, when we play that snout, uh, or the snort, I guess, uh, we're highlighting a story from around the world where someone stood up for freedom, yep. and someone stood up, well, Saul is a madman <laughs> on the tech desk right now. He's still thinking about nuclear hurricanes. <laughs> All right, sorry, uh, Pete, we've got a very uh, two-second teaser right there, yeah. so Pete, who is your nomination for Hero of the Week? Well, I'm so confident about this Hero of the Week that yep. I, she could actually win the whole lot yeah. at the end of the year. Well, I'm, I'm very confident that we have the AV clip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good. So, uh, And this one, like normally, sometimes my Hero of the Week is a bit of a joke, but this one I'm genuinely inspired about. This person's name is Catherine Burblesing. Uh, she is a headmistress in the United Kingdom. She came to prominence when she spoke about the education system in the UK at the Conservative Party conference in 2010, and Saul so will play that clip right now. I have come here today to expose some of the truths about the education system. My experience of teaching for over a decade in five different schools has convinced me beyond a shadow of a doubt that the system is broken because it keeps poor children poor. Yeah, well said, Catherine. And she came out to Australia a few years after that, and I was fortunate enough to spend a bit of time with her as I took her around to her meetings, which yep. was good. Uh, now, what happened during the week was she's established this uh, free school called Michaela in the United Kingdom. It's five years old. A free school is a school that uh, is outside the control of the education authority over in the UK, so they can hire their own teachers, they can fire teachers, it's not controlled by the unions, they can set their own curriculum. It's basically completely separate, they compete with other schools, so it's like a private school for low-income people. And really. it's a very controversial thing. Like yeah, in, yeah. in Britain, there are people that are completely for it, and yeah. I would say you and I are completely for it, Absolutely. and then there are a whole lot of people in, against it. Exactly right. She yeah. got a lot of flack when she, 
when she opened this school five years ago from the unions and all, and all that stuff. Now, what happened this week was they got their GSCE grades for the first time ever because they only just started five years ago. And basically, they and that's like the end of year twelve exam. Exactly right, cool. end of year twelve. Yep, and more than half of all grades were level seven or above, which is an A star, which is basically an A. Uh, which is more than twice the national average, and nearly one in five of all grades was nine, which was uh, compared to 4.5%, which is the national average. Now, that's awesome. Uh, and she copped a, copped a lot of criticism. Even after she got the results, she was getting a bit of criticism. She, uh, she tweeted this out about her school, which is on the screen now. They hate free schools, conservative values, black people thinking for themselves, refusal to embody victimhood, perseverance, light shining on bad ideology, anti-virtual signaling, signaling and determination. They hate all that I am. So very strong That's tweet. That's a good tweet. Now, one of the other things about this school, James, is that it uh, has a completely different discipline to the rest of the school system. Uh, yeah, and this is what sets it out. It's like is, it's very, very strict. This is one of the things that sets it apart from the other schools. Uh, you're not allowed to talk in between classes. You have to. I'm walk already in. expelled. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah. definitely would. Well, I may too, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they have to walk in lines, they have to walk in silence. I'm, uh, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, they have to thank... Uh, they're teachers all the time. so they, oh, And thank each other. They're very kind to each other. So you might struggle with that. I'm okay with that. With that. Yeah. I'm, like, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> no, okay. No, you'd be okay with that. Uh, and there's other stuff like, you know, they've got a, if they're one minute late yep. for class, they get a detention. Double expense. No excuses. Yep. I have two marketable skills and it's being loud and being late to things. They're your marketable so skills. I'm out. <laughs> okay, so James is in trouble. Anyway, this is an actually inspirational story. Catherine Rebelsing, my hero of the week. Yep. All right. That's a very good one. Uh, so my one, uh, I really hope this wins at the end of the year because it will in some way mean that I might be able to uh, spend some time with him. So Dave Chappelle, okay. new special Ooh, came out. Strong uh, field. Two days ago. Uh, so Dave Chappelle, the best stand-up comedian of all time, probably. Okay. I mean, there's a few others, but Dave Chappelle right up there. Well, this is your so, area. Well, you know, I could, I could talk about this for two and a half hours, but... I only have a minute, so uh, let me fly through it. Uh, so Dave Chappelle, very famous stand-up comedian. He uh, had a special about two, maybe last year, maybe the year before, where he copped a lot of criticism because he made jokes about topics that you shouldn't make jokes about these days, transsexuals um, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Copped a whole lot of crap. This new special, he doubles down on everything. Like okay. everything that he got made fun of. Like he also talked a lot about me too, that comes back. It's like everything that he made fun of or made jokes in the area of, he comes back with a vengeance. Yeah. And the whole thing is just like a middle finger to people, a middle finger to woke culture and stuff like that. He's the man, it's the best. And all the same people that criticized him last time are criticizing him again. And he will just continue to make stand-up specials because he's funny and that overrules woke culture. So fantastic. Now you have smashed tequilas with Dave Chappelle, haven't you? Uh, yes. So Let's talk us through that story. Well, I'm at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. Comedy Store, if you don't know, it's like the second most famous comedy venue in the world. Uh, like I was just there. It was like this 20 comedians would do 10 minutes. I was, And by the end of the night, it was like eight people left and I yep. wasn't going to leave until they kicked me out. So I was, I was there front row. Pretty standard. And uh, Dave Chappelle rocks up and does an hour and a half at about 1.30 in the morning. And wow. It was the wait. best. Yeah. And, but tequila? Yeah, that was tequila. So <laughs> was I thought he bought you tequila. Yeah, yeah, from the stage. But yeah, the story's going on way too long. <laughs> no, <laughs> one, anyway. no one cares. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite bit. Anyway, so that's your... Uh, All right, that's my hero of the week. All right, so villain of the week, the uh, you know the other side of the coin, people that have stood up for tyranny, stood up for sadness, I guess. The Walter Peck Freedom Award, there he is sadness. on screen. Uh, um, Pete, who is your nomination for villain of the week? University of Queensland. James. Okay, there we go. So they've launched an investigation into Heng Tao Shen, who someone who still holds an honorary professorship at UQ, used to be an actual professor. Uh, in fact, one of the ever, youngest ever professors at UQ. Uh, he was named in his time at UQ a Thousands Talents Scholar. 
by the CCP, Chinese Communist Party. Didn't ring any alarm bells yeah, it's like, hmm. at, uh, at UQ. Anyway, that happened. Now, he set up an AI company while he was at UQ receiving taxpayer-funded research grants that uh, creating AI and surveillance technology that is now being used to as surveillance uh, material to survey the Uyghur population of China. Now, of course, the Uyghurs in China are being brutally repressed at the moment. They're in internment camps. They're being monitored. They're having their places of worship destroyed. Uh, now, he called the AI company Koala AI. So he's like, the UQ people must have gone, oh, well. Yeah, no one hates koalas. What could possibly be wrong here? Yeah. It's named koalas after a fuzzy good. koala. Uh, so, look, for UQ, UQ to try and claim you don't have a problem with uh, CCP influence and presence on your campus... You're my villain of the week. Yeah, exactly. Like, and what the hell is going down at UQ? Like, we have this story now. Last week, we had Drew Pavlo on the mm. show talking about, like, uh, the university was like, oh, you know, uh, we're not going to crack down on the people that are assaulting you at protests. Yeah. Like, what is going on down there? It's very interesting. Yeah, I right. just copped a villain. Okay, uh, my villain of the week. So, The Economist, yep. famous magazine, uh, they... Uh, they're progressively getting worse with their takes, and this was no exception. So they had this article. Uh, it was about like, oh, you know, poor people around the world are eating more meat and they're he leading healthier lives. And uh, to sell it, the social media team decided to tweet out uh, as an article lead, I guess it would be. Uh, people are seeing it on screen now. Yeah, but more poor people are eating meat around the world. That means they will live longer, healthier lives, but it is bad news for the environment. Those pesky, pesky poor people, Pete. <laughs> just seem a bit put out, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's just like, well... It's good, but I like looking at pictures of wildlife. Yeah. So is it actually good those, that poor people are no longer in poverty? Yeah, those toasters and ovens. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, just using up a little bit too much. So thankfully the internet came out to it. And I know people want uh, – so some of the comments – uh, progressives actually hate poor people the way libertarians get accused of hating poor people, probably, and bold stance against poor people economists. Yep. But, yeah, that's the thing. It's just like how was that the right way to go about sending out this article? And they haven't taken it down. Yeah, it's still there. Like doesn't the person who wrote the article go, hang on, Yeah, you're making me sound Because to like be fair, like when you read the article, the guy's not actually – the author of the article is not actually anti-poor people making their yeah. lives better, which I really think few, few, few people are. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, the rogue social media team's like, well, let's yeah. hear both sides of this. And they've got a lot of backlash and they've just yeah. gone, now we're going to leave it up. All right, sweet. Let's go to our interview with Rita Panahi. Uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker. Mm. Okay, we now welcome back onto the show, friend of the show, one woman media force and host <laughs> of the Sky News Friday show, Rita Panahi. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, you've had a big week and a bit. Uh, we wanted to get you on the show because you got thrown in Twitter jail. So do you want to <laughs> tell us what happened there? What did you do? Oh, my Twitter ordeal, really. Uh, Amnesty International should get involved yes. because this is my human rights have been abused. You're a political prisoner at this point. We're harboring Basically, I've been persecuted and uh, I, I think, I don't know, is there some sort of human rights commission <laughs> I can take this to? Is there some sort of a uh, – well, it was just so ridiculous. I – Woke up, you know, usual sort of 6, 6.30 and... Um, usual, yep. Usual. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely something we all do. <laughs> After solid three hours. Um, what time did you say, sorry? <laughs> There's a 6.30 now. That's incredible. In, in the AM, <laughs> I know. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, checked my emails and there's one from Twitter. Your account's being um, locked was the expression. And I'm like, what? Locked? And as you know, you know, I'm tweeting day and night, but I'm not... You know, I don't use foul language. I don't, you know, dox people. I don't, uh, you know, do anything that you would think would be questionable to, to get me blocked or locked up. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so 
I looked and they sent me this, the tweet that they said was problematic that they wanted me to delete. Um, and I was looking at it. It was a tweet about Linda Sarzur, you know, the anti-Semitic leader of the Women's March in the, in the US. And I'm like, there's nothing in here that's even questionable. I couldn't even remember the tweet. It obviously was sent a long time ago. When was it from, sorry? Well, it was sent back in February 2017. Oh, okay. Suddenly now it's breaching Twitter's rules and I must be locked up. So I I put an objection in and I said, well, I don't want to delete that. I don't know what what I'm deleting. What's wrong with it? Um, And it wasn't until one of a journo in the US uh, looked it up and he – looked up and saw what the attachment to it was because when they sent me a copy of what they were objecting to, the tweet, it didn't have the attachment visible. So given it was sent back in February 2017, I have no idea what was attached to it. And what was attached to it was what got me into trouble is it was a screen grab of an abusive email I'd been sent. So apparently now if you share abuse you've received... Yeah, then you committed the abuse. <laughs> then I'm in the wrong. So yeah. so I saw that and I thought, oh, I can't be stuffed dealing with these idiots. So I just deleted the tweet. Um, I was still had to serve another 12 hours suspension after de- deletion. Um, it's just so ridiculous, really. I mean, you see lefties spew the most demented ugly abuse, racial threats of violence or wishes of threats of violence I've seen up there without ever being deleted, without ever accounts being suspended. But conservatives have held to a different standard. And I really do hope Jordan Peterson gets his act together and gets this uh, uh, alternate platform set up. So there actually is a choice for people where you're not – have to be on these massive platforms that have got this virtual monopoly, really. I mean, really, what's Twitter's competition? It, it doesn't have one. So, um, yeah, so it, it just shows you, yeah, this is the same Twitter that keeps saying, oh, we, there's no bias, there's no political bias. Yeah, yeah. They let things like uh, Massacre Mitch or Massacre Moscow Mitch uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. trend, uh, which is just... a horrible thing to, to allow to happen on your platform and then they get on their high horse about oh no no we can't, we, we want to have a civil discourse and we don't want to have any yeah they uh, go like uh, oh we blocked Farrakhan language. Why, why are you angry at us we blocked Farrakhan we're clearly on your side as well it's like yeah, well, <laughs> well they congratulations did, they didn't he's still he's still around you know a guy who compares uh, Jews to termites uh, you know that there's so many ugly ac- accounts uh, Reza Aslan who um, you know it was a uh, talking about how punchable the Covington kids' faces were. Yeah, yeah. Like that tweet's got thousands of retweets and likes, still up there, no deletion, no, you know, uh, suspension. Um, and, yeah, so I just think it's, it's it was just a silly little episode. And the crazy thing is that that whole day, Free Rita, hashtag Free Rita was trending. Yeah, I saw that. It was and a ended up with trend. thousands more followers. So, yeah. you know, a bit of a known goal from the lefties <laughs> were trying. Can you imagine how many tweets they would have had to bloody troll through to find that one to report me for, to try to get me suspended? That's what I was going to ask. There would like, be literally tens of thousands of tweets I would have sent in that yes, time. You know I'll, me. I'm like, I tweet in my sleep. Yeah, there's a lot of tweets about it cap before you get to that one so <laughs> i was gonna say like had that tweet like blown up by any like had people come back to that tweet like why did why was that no. the tweet that got you in trouble or is I it just no, like oh, we i can reckon that. some obsessive freak has sat there and gone through literally thousands and thousands of tweets perhaps yeah. reporting a lot of them but that one is the one, one that uh, resonated with the good folk at twitter it's yeah, like yeah. oh 
She has posted up abuse she's received. I mean, that's just unconscionable. Yeah. Uh, really, get stuffed. I mean, as you know with my stuff, you know, of course I, I'm fairly clear in what I think about issues, but, you know, half my bloody tweets are cat videos and other stuff. You know, I, I, love, I love it all. Yeah. I'm sharing all sorts of content. Yeah, so exactly. Some you, of it ridiculous. You do love to tweet a lot. Did you find <laughs> that there were withdrawal syndromes? You're like, oh, I want to tweet that. That was so lot. What I hated most was – they wouldn't let me access my DMs. So for the whole 12 hours, uh, they let me have access to my DMs for a bit and yeah. then they blocked that. So I couldn't even look at my feed or look at my DMs and I was getting all these DMs because people were then texting me going, you're not responding to that DM, you need to look at it. And I'm like, oh, I can't see it. So yeah. it is weird though. But you know what, I do have uh, have, have periods where there's no Twitter when normally my cruise ship periods where uh, – you just have to accept that, you know, stuff could be happening around the world and you're not aware of it and you can't say anything about it. I can't it. accept that. I can't accept that. <laughs> well, I now they've got satellite <laughs> Wi-Fi on cruise ships. So oh, I thought that was really, a metaphor. You're actually on a cruise ship. <laughs> I, I love cruising. I'm the world's youngest cruise enthusiast. That's <laughs> crazy because, you know, it's, it's basically – 70 plus age group who yeah. are yeah. into their cruising <laughs> and Rita just and yeah. me and my son yeah we've uh, we've done like well, over a dozen cruises love it you get to go to lots of different places in one holiday yeah. without stuffing around with bloody airports and train stations i mean what's not to love about that do you get off the cruise or are you just stuck on the cruise oh no 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 that's i mean you've got to pick the itinerary that's okay. key the ports you want to go to yeah um, and it's the perfect mix because, like, when you've got a port day, it's just hectic. You're trying to squeeze in as much as you can in the day, see as port much day. as you can. Yeah. Port day. days. These are, you know, yeah. cruise terminology now. Yeah. Stick with us. Write this stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got sea days. So you might have a sea day between ports where mm. you can just relax, just read a book and just actually have some relaxation as opposed to having that hectic activity in, in, during the port. It's the perfect holiday. I don't know why. The young'uns, like you lot, aren't out there well, I've been cruising. On a, yeah, I've been on a Kentucky trip, which is like, uh, yeah, it's a cruise ship for alcoholics in their yeah. early 20s. So, like, no, we also have, like, bus days where we don't do anything and then port days where we run around. That Kentucky thing always just weirded me out. Yeah. I just thought, I, I just get images of, you know, needing Dettol, lots of Dettol. Just yeah, I'm 25 <laughs> and way too old for it now, but back yeah. 21 year old me, he had a great time. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I reckon, yeah, if you're in that Trust little me, yes. age group, it, it might be great fun. This has turned into a cruise ship. It has, really. Basically, yeah. can we get AAPT or somebody to sponsor this? <laughs> because, yeah, frankly, yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this for free. We should do this podcast from a cruise. We yeah. should, let, how we about could. that? Um, yeah, let, let's let's bring this back to. Oh yeah, so my Twitter, <laughs> yeah. my Twitter tw turmoil where I was persecuted, and yep. I'm going to take it to the Australian Human Rights Commission because it's outrageous. Yeah, but really, it is so crazy to have this double standard that is just so obvious to anybody. Where if you're conservative, everything you say is is held, you know, scrutinised and held to a different standard than if you are. From the left, I mean, yeah. you look at some of the high-profile uh, feminist columnists we have, and the sort of just uh, vitriol they spew online. Yeah, we if want to I get into this. If I did that once, I would I would be deplatformed from everywhere. Yeah. You know, there would Gone. be nowhere I could be, whether it's social media, radio, print, TV. You just could not do that. But if you're off the left, oh, that's okay. They're just being colourful. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Well, it's like uh, – so Alan Jones right now, like what what's going on there? It's the comments that, you know, I wouldn't have made. But uh, also you look at like the reaction to his comments and then you look at someone like Clementine Ford 
who uh, writes what she does on Twitter and it's just completely different. Like who's oh, losing sponsors? The crazy thing is Channel 10 actually had – they gave Clementine a Ford of platform to sit in judgment of Alan Jones to say yeah. enough is enough, he has to go. I mean, what credibility does this woman have who – throws around the C word to any conservative, whether it's Miranda Devine, whether it's Pitt Dutton, whoever it is, you know, she uses the – She ABC had to apologise for her use of the C word against, yeah. against a female columnist. She's thrown really ugly sort of racial abuse at me, talking about, oh, you want to be a white man or something, which is just such a most twisted, perverted sort of uh, – mindset she must have to come up with that um and yet she sits in judgment of alan jones can you imagine if alan jones ever employed that language i mean you know uh it's not just koala mattresses he'd be losing he'd be <laughs> literally everything well what, what i was shocked to find out was that clementine ford is a brand ambassador for koala mattresses oh, really? <laughs> someone showed me a tweet where she was talking about some free mattress she got when she moved into some somewhere so uh, yeah that whole company seems to be pretty uh bizarre in it in its um messaging but anyway yeah. um it, but it's not just clementine ford there's plenty of others who who just uh, aren't held to the same standard, who get gigs on our taxpayer-funded ABC. I mean, Clementine Ford, after Fairfax Sector, or she uh, split from them, she got a gig at the ABC doing um, several pieces. I mean, how does that work? How does the taxpayer (laughs) broadcaster justify that? Or Benjamin Law, who, you know, talked about wanting to HF uh, conservative politicians who were against same-sex marriage. Again, can you imagine if a conservative ever said anything even approaching that? Yeah. It would just be the end of their career. But not then. You just get another gig at the ABC. Why not? So I'm keen to get your opinion on a few of these companies. What do you you think it is that causes these big companies to just jump ship so quickly? Do you sort of – I've got this theory that their social media HR departments Mm. just just run them. What do you think? What do you think? I think there's several reasons. One is corporates don't like controversy. They're allergic to it. So anything where, oh, this could be bad PR, this could damage our image, this is, you know, they go into crisis mode way too quickly, you know. There is sort of a bedwetting phenomenon that Matt Canavan talked about overnight. Um, Other problem is, yeah, you do have people who in HR social media areas who perhaps agree with the online mob, so they're more ready to listen to that message and they see the, you know, the words, the trigger words that (laughs) sexism, racism, misogyny, uh, violence against women, you know, words of violence um, that that can cause it. But I think an even bigger part is the fact that they're just not equipped to deal with this online mob phenomenon that we have where you know there's a social media or you know where the, the the engagement is fairly minimal you know they might get a few tweets or emails and then suddenly then inundated by hundreds and they panic they think oh my god this must be a huge controversy people out there must be absolutely outrage not realizing that it's a few dozen you know activist idiots with yeah. multiple accounts mm-hmm 
um, who are well organised, yeah. who who generate this uh, outrage. And, like, there's and no way Sleeping Giants is more than fifteen people. Well, you remember they had their big march. It. Like they had their big march. Advertised, we're getting together. We, you know, and and th- there were more media there to cover them than there were. The, the pictures of them were pitiful. I put the pictures up <laughs> myself yeah, 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 on yeah. Twitter. I was like, look, look at this lot. This is it. This <laughs> is, the, you know, the giant. Then you know that. Yeah, it's like they can't really block Burke Street, but they can block like one door. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> or, and you can still get around them if you want to. <laughs> well, Sky News commissioned uh, some digital company. I uh, can't recall their name to actually have a look at the activity to see where these tweets were coming from, how many accounts were sending them. And, (laughs) well, one, it was a very, very small number of accounts that sent thousands of tweets to to the advertisers. Overwhelming majority were fake accounts, or sorry, I shouldn't say fake, anonymous accounts. So, you know, James, if you had 10 minutes spare, you could open up 30 fake accounts yep. in that time. And they all easily. respond to the podcast tweets talking about how handsome I am. <laughs> yep. I'm another, very well versed. Another 30. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they give this impression of, oh, they they represent the public because we've been inundated with hundreds of emails. The public must be outraged. The public in most cases could not give us stuff. And if you actually did question them on what people are outraged about, most of the time they'd say it's stupid and, you know, they'd move on. So... Uh, but the, there is this gap, I think, still between corporates understanding this unli- online mob phenomenon, how it works, and how to deal with it without wetting their pants and just, yeah. you know, going, oh, well, we just got to uh, uh, abscond and, and divorce ourselves from any controversy. Because that is the, uh, you know, that is the, the price uh, of free speech. You can't. Uh, and, and I think conservatives have, are not good playing this game. And, and I'm kind of conflicted about it because you don't want to sort of lower yourself to the left's tactics. But I think sometimes we actually have to look at their playbook and look at how they do things and hold them to that same standard they want to hold us to because otherwise it's a one-way street. Um, so perhaps, you know, conservatives can, if a country, if a company leaves, say, well... I don't want to give business to a company that doesn't support free speech. I don't want to give my business to a company that gives in to an online mob of a few unwashed idiots and, you know, that's more important to them than uh, the concept of of free speech and and, um, a diversity of voices. Or, I mean, you could have conservatives, and I don't particularly suggest this happens, doing the same thing to, to the left. So when you do have this feral abuse that's so, you know, ugly and, and um, yeah, ugly, then deplatform them. I mean, you never see that. And I can, I'm, I'm not a fan of it because I'm not a fan of deplatforming people, banning people, but I'm coming around to the idea that it is not sustainable for this to be a one-way street. And perhaps if the left were affected by these tactics that they push, then they would be uh, less enthusiastic about wanting to ban people, deplatform people, if they knew it could also happen to them. That, you know, these rules don't just apply to I- your ideological opponents. They also apply to you. Yeah. So I, I just think I don't, I don't know how you do that without lowering yourself to adopting their tactics, but I think that there has to be some pushback now because it's just getting... Uh, too difficult 
for conservatives to have a platform. And you look at someone like Alan Jones, he is number one with a massive margin, has been for, God knows, more than 100 consecutive surveys. And for him to be losing advertisers because, you know, people who are way less successful than him are putting so much pressure on them to... to uh, disavow and leave it, you know it's madness so they, they, they can't counter him and his arguments so they're they're trying to um eliminate the platform where where you can reach people yeah i just go like if you know the center right does start doing the same thing with that the left's doing i can then see a future where no company supports anything slightly risky ever and i want to be clear because i know there are kind of um wasn't completely clear. I am against, I've never ever advocated sacking anybody, yeah. even when they've come for me personally. I've never advocated um, them being, you know, banned from a university campus or sacked from a job, anything like that. But I have been thinking about, you know, what can we do to counter this uh, just phenomenon that, that exists now where, you know, even Jermaine Greer isn't welcome at university campuses because she's a turf now. You know, yeah, she's yeah. said some things that are anti-trans, so she's now problematic. Um, so we, we we need to actually have have, and that's what I like about Donald Trump, and also what <laughs> troubled me about him early on was that he actually employs the left's playbook and they do not know how to deal with it. Nothing. He throws their tactics back in their face and it works. It's effective. And I think, you know, at some point, conservatives have also got to start caring about winning, not just uh, playing by the <laughs> yeah, exactly. by their own high standards. Yeah, I, I, I get that too. Um, all right, so we want to, like, we're running a bit long here and you've been very generous with your time, but I did oh, want to... time is... Oh, God, I'm going to be on 2GB in any minute We're now. bigger than 2GB. We're bigger than 2GB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just cut out the bits when I was hopelessly incoherent, right. which were about... So, Rita, welcome to, 40% to the show. <laughs> yeah, of the but because I'm just thinking out loud here with yep. this uh, going after the feral left, uh, it, it's thinking out loud. But I just think the way we've approached this culture war, ideological fight, whatever you want to call it, has not been smart. Mm. One, conservatives for a long time haven't even been engaged in those wars, so the left have won, and they've what they think has now. And, you know, the march through the institutions hasn't stopped at public institutions. It's now private institutions. You see the corporate virtue signalling all the time and you know precisely where that comes from. Um, so I think we've just got to be smarter in uh, engaging in these battles. Otherwise, you know, there, there will be no platform for mainstream conservative voices. If, if, if you're triggered by mainstream conservatives, then... You're triggered by Australia. That is Australia. They speak. The reason why Alan Jones is number one and has been forever is because mainstream Australia likes him. The reason why Andrew Bolt is the most read columnist in the country is because mainstream Australia likes him. So if you don't, if you can't even stomach mainstream conservatism, then there's a problem. Yeah, exactly. All right, Rita Banahee, political dissident, uh, <laughs> freedom fighter, if you will. Freedom fighter, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, so now right after this, I'm just going to go and open up maybe, I don't know, two, three hundred 
anonymous accounts yeah. and just try to get people There's sacked. a bot you can do. That's I can it. show I'm gonna, you how to gonna, do it. It's I'm, very I'm, I'm going to become uh, a lefty do it. in spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what a, a tagline. Rita becomes a lefty. We didn't expect that. <laughs> but, but we got there. That's all that matters. All right. oh, Rita, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you to Rita Banahee for that interview. All right, let's go through some culture picks, some stuff, yeah. stuff that have made us laugh this week, and then we've got another interview with Willoughby Duff. All right, uh, so I want to start off, if I may, Pete. Sure. Because this was fantastic. So Rick Perry, who is uh, the head of the Department of Energy, he oversees America's vast nuclear arsenal. He ran for president and did pretty well one time, uh, and he fell for an Instagram hoax. Okay. Yep. So... Bit of a trouble. Uh, so people who are watching the podcast on YouTube are seeing the hoax now, but it's one of those ones that gets shared every now and then where it gets on Facebook as well, but it's like the idea of like, I do not give Facebook permission to see my information. Uh, the actual quote here. So like, uh, with this statement, I give notice to Instagram. It is strictly forbidden to disclose, copy, distribute, or take any other action against me based on this profile and or its contents. Instagram does not have my permission to share photos or messages. Now, one... Like uh, and people who saw it on YouTube would say that half of it's in a slightly different font or yeah. typeface to the other, which is your number one thing of uh, oh, this is crazy. And yeah. second, like, what is Instagram going to do there? Just go like, ah, dang, he's got us, got us. All right, well, that is a legally binding document by uh, sharing that photo. Uh, pack it in, boys. We're going to go on to the next target. Oh. So anyway, he fell for an Instagram hoax. It's exactly the kind of thing that you grade art posts. Yeah, exactly. Know, every six months on Facebook. Yeah. So Rick Barry, I mean, he's 69. It's He's new to the world of Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty funny. And it is also, also on the other hand, quite concerning that the guy who is in, yeah. ultimately in charge of America's nuclear codes has the potential to fall for an Instagram hoax. Uh, but we can use this to our advantage because, you know, there's like uh, scams like uh, that go around on social media websites where it's like, oh, you know, uh, your birthday and your childhood's pet name is your character from Brooklyn Nine-Nine yes. or just like those stuff that's always the, uh, like I forgot my password questions. They yep. just say like, hey, this is, you know, who you are in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, idiots put it in and stuff like that. We, we should do one. <laughs> idiots. We should do one, which is like uh, the first three numbers of your nuclear code is who you were in a past life yeah. and the last three numbers are who you want having it taking a shot after the siren to win your the grand flag. Uh, and then uh, we have America's nuclear codes, yeah. and then we can solve America's hurricane crisis. Well, look, we can finally start making some changes around here. If we don't do it, the CCP will. <laughs> exactly. So and they're not going to use it on the hurricanes. Only you and I are brave enough to take on the hurricane menace. I think we're the ones that are the ones capable of being responsible for that kind of high level information. Hey. I would trust us with America's nuclear codes. I would as well. But I mean, what's yeah. going on and, and if out there, if you're not trusting us with America's nuclear codes, stop listening to the show because clearly we don't have something in common. Please don't. He's joking. Um, I'm not. <laughs> so Macron's posting fake pictures. Yep. Leonardo DiCaprio is. Trump wants to nuke hurricanes. This yep. guy's doing this. Hillary Clinton wants to nuke hurricanes. Yep. Allegedly. Yep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Watch out for those lawyers. Just get I some didn't even bait you into that I one. I said allegedly. I did not bait you into that one. You can one. say whatever you want as you, long as you say allegedly. Yeah, but you also went, oh, which I think uh, in the legal document <laughs> also uh, undoes the allegedly. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I want to solve some hurricanes. Good. So let's get on to it. All right. Uh, you have another story. Mate, Melbourne... <laughs> How seamless was that transition? It was really good. Melbourne Girls that's College. A, that's a sign of an experienced podcast host. That's right. A yeah. semi-select school in uh, Melbourne, Melbourne Girls College, is banning rubbish bins. 1,300 students are going to be made to take their garbage home with them. Principal Karen Money says this plan is being adopted with the ambition of becoming a zero-waste-to-landfill school by the end of 2020, massively reducing our environmental impact. She goes on to say, together we can change the world. Please help this make this scheme successful and sustainable. Uh, now, today I will 
have you note James okay. Bolt that across get a pen get your pen out across the country of Australia. NAPLAN results came down, out and down. they were not good. Year Nap 7 and Year plan. 9 students slid backwards on the baseline score in writing and Year 9 students' scores were flat across the board. So a bit of an issue there. Yeah. And maybe this is why this kind of stuff's happening. Well, I've got a few questions for you off this article, uh -oh. Pete. So uh, the school spent nearly $1,300 last year to remove 13000 sorry, $13,000 yep. to remove all the rubbish last year. And there are 1,300 kids in the school. Okay. So the rubbish is costing the school $10 a kid a year. Okay. I don't think that's a lot. Is that a lot? doesn't seem like much. I don't think that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, second one. Like if... Um, Okay, so sure, there won't be a lot of waste in uh, landfill because there aren't any bins to take to landfill, but I reckon mm. there will be a waste uh, in the school because pockets aren't that deep. Yeah. Because if you're carrying your rubbish all day, yep. it will drop out so of your pocket. So you're saying people just As I know with the minty wrappers around this office. Yeah. How many minty wrappers have I dropped in my time? Thousands. And I've got deeper pockets than are on school uniforms. You are a pig, though. I am an absolute pig. I ate 10 minties a day. Uh, and my third question, and probably the most pressing, is uh, the headmistress, I think her name was Miss Money. Karen Money, yep. Karen Money. So Miss Money. Is yep. it possible we're yelling at a Rowdale book? I don't know. I don't Just know, I maybe. think Miss Money, I'm like, hmm, this might be a um, we might be yelling at a fictional novel here. We may be, and then yeah. if we are, we apologize. But look, I just Have we fallen for our own Instagram hoax. Maybe we can't be trusted with America's nuclear codes. Maybe look, I'm starting to question that, but look, I, still think I, I have a problem with terrifying our children about this environmental stuff. Oh right, we're taking seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're never taking it seriously. <laughs> Chucking plastic in landfill Sorry. is not, you know, we're not gonna run in a landfill. It's yep. the best thing to do with it. Just relax. Okay, cool. Oh, well, well, I got a story that we should take seriously, um, I think. But uh, so you would have seen like uh, deep fakes that were on the rise. Yes, so I have So the idea of um, uh, you can like make a celebrity or anyone look like they're saying something because there's enough audio files of them out there and enough facial expressions. So Jordan Peterson, uh, his, yes, as people are watching on YouTube now are saying Jordan Peterson's called for them to be banned. Um, the quote here, the sanctity of your voice and your image is at serious risk. It's hard to imagine a more serious challenge to the sense of shared reliable reality that keeps us linked together in relative peace. The deepfake artists need to be stopped using whatever legal means are necessary as soon as possible. And it's like, yeah, deepfakes are terrifying. And if Saul, if you can play that like uh, clip of the Bill Hader switching his face to, yeah. well, he didn't actually do it, but the deepfake artist was, it's like a Bill Hader interview and he becomes Tom Cruise as people are watching on YouTube now. I mean, it's a pretty viral clip. So if you're listening to the show, like I reckon you would have seen it. Um, deepfakes are scary and it's going to become a part of like, how do you prove you didn't say something when it's that realistic? Mm. But also how do you prove what's a deepfake? Like, I, I don't know how you ban that. I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's like any embarrassing footage of you, suddenly that's a deep fake. It's like, well, yeah. uh, that's not actually me vomiting outside that nightclub. That's a deep fake, my friend. <laughs> and I will ask you to take that down. That vomit's not real. That vomit's not real. No, well, when you sent this around, because you sent this around at work, yeah. and I didn't quite understand what you were getting at, I was like, oh my God, Bill Hader is so good at the impression. <laughs> yeah, he can literally change his face. <laughs> that's amazing. This man is a witch. <laughs> that's amazing. Then I was like, oh no, he's yeah. making a point about deep fakes. Yeah, um, it, it, it's very scary. And also like Jordan Peterson, the whole article doesn't get to like, how do you ban deep fakes? It's just mm. like, oh, they need to be banned. Yeah. It's like, well, that kind of knee jerk reaction the... always ends up badly. Yeah. Just, ah, get rid of it. It'd be great if this bad thing didn't happen. Yeah. No, it would but be, but they will. He's been victim, terrifying. He's been a victim of this himself. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there's a website. Well, I think they took it down after the article, but you could get Jordan Peterson to rap, rap God. Oh, that was another part of the article. Jordan Peterson said he liked rap God. Okay. How about that? Uh, rap God being an Eminem song. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd that's the most ambitious crossover event in history. Jordan Peterson apparently likes rap music. <laughs> Do you know what? For some reason, I'm not surprised about yeah. that. I am shocked. All right. Uh, let's go to this last one. So the cons Conservative Student Group. 
That's right. Now, we just spoke to Red Panahi about how we should use the left's playbook at times. This is an example of that. This week, the New York Times reported that a loose network of conservative operatives uh, allied with the White House is pursuing what they will say is an aggressive operation to discredit journos and stuff like that. So effectively, it's just going back through all their stuff, all their writing, all their Facebook posts, posts for years and years and years, and doing the same thing that they do to us and, you know, finding them out and getting them sacked. They've already got a uh, camera editor uh, sacked from CNN and also uh, a political, a New York Times political editor um, has been brought up as well. Now, the New York Times and CNN, etc., have said, you know, this is... This is against journalistic integrity. This is a fight on the free press. Can I read out the quote? Because it is delicious. Yeah, read the quote. So the New York Times. Using journalistic techniques to target journalists and news organization as retribution for or as a warning not to pursue coverage critical of the president is fundamentally different from the well-established role of the news media in scrutinizing people in positions of power. Hey, we can do it to people in power, but you can't do it to us who are also in power because we're doing it to people in power because you're not in power. Yeah. Like, what it's does just, that mean? It's just so hypocritical. Yeah. And look, I know you sort of, you're a bit like. I have a few takes. You have a few takes. Yeah. You're sort of like, we should, well, you can do your takes, but Thank I you. think like. <laughs> Thank you for your permission. <laughs> I think you. I think. You that, didn't want to see them before I could say you could go, ah, no. I know what they are. <laughs> but look, I know two wrongs don't make a right. Yes. But sometimes two wrongs for a little while can make a right. All right. Well, you can tell that to the camera editor that got fired. Like, wow, what a target. Well, he was what doing a... anti-Semitic tweets. Yeah, but like, it's also a camera editor. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, just like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? That's like, we're getting camera editors fired? Like, how is this the battleground in which we want to win? Like, yay, they're going to have to go to AAP now. We stuck it up to them. Mate, all you have to do is do it for a while, do it for six months, do it for a year, and then they will And just will a fair say, few people get fired. Well, that's what it, what's the alternative? Ruined. What's the alternative? People stop getting fired We just fired keep copying things. it forever. No, but like Sarah Silverman's copying it now. Other people are copying it now. I think less people are doing it than it used to be. So well, my message to anyone, I'll barrel the camera if I have to, my message <laughs> to anyone who is thinking about joining this or is like digging through journalist tweets in an effort to discourage them, please stop doing it. You suck. That would be my theory. James is wrong. That and is my theory. That is my uh, practice. Stop it. Is my. Yeah. It's going to stop it more in the long term if we start doing. Okay, it. cool. I'll I'll go get the camera editor on the phone and just be like, look, Pete's got a few things he wants to say. Mate, I've got no sympathy for him. Yeah. He's literally anti-Semite. Or was, and then he's deleted them. Like I haven't seen the tweets. Have you seen the tweets? Uh, I can't remember if I've seen the tweets. Like is James Gunn an anti-Semite because of those tweets seven years ago that were clearly joking? Is Kevin Hart a homophobe because of eight years ago yeah, tweets because exactly. he's clearly a homophobe? Exactly. These are all the examples of what happened. Kevin Hart's not a right-wing figure. Kevin Hart's as left as they come. Okay. But he gets fired from the Oscars. James Gunn's a left-winger. He gets fired from Marvel. Well, all I'm saying is we need to – if like – Anyway, I made my point. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, let, last story, and then we'll go to our interview with Willoughby Duff. All right, so uh, Melbourne Fringe Festival coming up. A Melbourne comedian, Kate Hanley-Corley, had a show called Asia, the Aussie Geisha, the Accidental Oriental. Uh, from what I understand, it's like uh, the idea is that she plays a character whose husband runs off with uh, a Japanese woman, so she becomes uh, a Japanese geisha or something like that anyway fringe festival weird stuff's gonna happen weird shows are gonna happen mm-hmm. uh but it's a 70 a open letter signed by more than 70 people started to get circulated which called for her to scrap the show and for melbourne fringe to not have it she's taken the show down melbourne fringe chief executive simon abraham said the festival did not get the balance right in this instance between inclusion and artistic freedom no more show okay it's another example of book burning before the book is even published. Yeah. It is like, look, there is a possibility that the show is distasteful and the show makes fun of people it shouldn't in an unfair way and perhaps like a venue might not want to be associated with that show, but no one's seen it. 
Yeah. So how do we know? Well, exactly right. And the Fringe Festival is meant to be this thing that pushes the barriers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know. It's like, hey, anything goes. I've yeah. seen some weird shows at the Fringe Festival in my time. And not like not way weirder than this show. Yeah. That's all fine. Yeah. But if you make the right number of people slightly uncomfortable, yeah. you're gone. That's right. Yeah. Didn't she have Asian friends that said they were fine with it? Yeah, well, like again, no one's seen the show. So yeah. how do we know? Yeah. Like she's got friends who have said, Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But no one who signed that letter has seen the show and can comment on what's in the show. I just love the they idea. Just go, oh, look, that photo. That's weird. Yeah, exactly. And it is a pretty weird photo. But I just love the idea of white people telling Asian people, no, we'll tell you what's racist. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, bad luck to the next time the Melbourne Theatre Company wants to host the Mikado. Exactly. Like, right. that's, that's gone. Exactly. All right. Right. Uh, final thing I want to discuss before we go to our interview. Yeah. Uh, so, Peter, you've done the podcast proud. Okay. You've done something that's made me, your father, father <laughs> figure, father figure. What a thought. Father figure. Very proud. Yeah. I watched you like a son. Okay. You were on Sky News on the weekend. I was on Sky News on the weekend, mate. Yeah. My televi- television debut. <laughs> I did television. Did better than I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, I'd hope so. But uh, oh, does it in your Sunday a bit? Yeah. <laughs> it took me like two thirds of a day. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, don't, nah, don't, don't do that again. I was very grateful. For but so tell us about it. Well, it was pretty good. You know, you sort of just get put into this room and then you speak to yourself and it's all connected up with people in other rooms in other parts of the country. Yeah. It was pretty pretty good. I was up against someone from the Australia Institute. That was fine. Look, the one thing I am proud of is that I inserted into the national debate, they asked me about, you know, what do you think about Scott Morrison's election victory? And I said it was very important because of this. And I know there's more to politics than winning elections, but you can't make runs from the pavilion, as they say in cricket. So I'm just glad... That's going to become a... You were on TV for 13 minutes <laughs> and your four-second cricket analogy was the highlight. Mate, there's... That's Peter Gregory in a nutshell. Journalists always cover, copy talking points, right? Yep. People will be saying that across the nation over the next... You time. can't make runs from the pavilion. Yeah, in terms of election victories. Right. That's like... A, that should be in a fortune cookie. Yeah. Mate, you can't make runs from the pavilion. It should be. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, you made us very proud. Thanks, bud. Yeah. As your father, I <laughs> beseech my pride That's, onto you. Wow. Uh, that is it for this part of the show. Let's go to our interview with Willoughby Duff. Willoughby Duff was one of the uh, panelists on Q&A High School Special. It is a really interesting chat. This guy is going to be Prime Minister within two weeks. I've narrowed it down from 20 years to two years to two weeks. Yep. So it's Can't make runs from the pavilion. By, <laughs> by the end of this interview, he will rule us all, which is good news for Pete because we get him to commit to giving us some jobs. So let's go to that interview now. Cool. Can't make runs from the pavilion. All right, we're now here with Willoughby Duff, a 16-year-old from Kennedy Baptist College in Perth. He was on Q&A last night with Tony Jones and the gang, and we thought we'd get him on the show to have a quick chat. Willoughby, how are you going? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Look, no problem, mate. We want to start with a negative. You made me and James watch Q&A last night, uh, so if you could quickly apologise for that, that'd be great. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, mate, that I had to I had to put you through that ordeal, um, and I, I understand how hard it can be for us. It can be hard because um, it was... Conservatives to scratch our eyes out. Well, so. look, I was going to use that exact phrase because it, it was sort of a high school edition for those who didn't watch, um, and, you know, the first thing was like, you know, we need action on climate change right now. Yeah. You know, so there was a bit of... Uh, it was, you know, I wanted to stab myself in the face. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> All right, but apology accepted. Uh, yeah, apology so, accepted. Uh, why did you want to go on the Q&A high school thing? Yeah, um, so I'm someone who's um, been compa- um, passionate um, for a very long time about um, politics um, and sort of the more I've found my way through the whole politics uh, thing, I've sort of come to the conclusion that I'm someone who is conservative um, and I think that conservative voices um, are not heard um, enough, particularly from young people, um, the dominant 
sort of worldview seems to seems to be a left wing one um, for our from our young people. So I really wanted to be able to uh, speak on behalf of those uh, young conservative people who don't seem to have a voice on platforms. Well, funny you should mention that, mate, because uh, every, when Tony Jones was doing his big introduction of the awesome panel, he described people as you know a disability advocate or someone who had organised a climate march at their school. Now, when he got to you, old mate jo- Tony Jones only described you as a young conservative, and that covered it. So, uh, why do you think yeah. you know he didn't mention the dignity of work or human flourishing? Uh, why do you think he felt like just labelling you a young conservative was enough? Oh uh, well, I think that um, Q and A has to get its ratings up um, by creating a bit of controversy um, between um, the panelists. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that that's really what it was about. Um, I'm happy to be described as someone who is the young conservative um, on the panel, but at the same time, I would have liked to have maybe. Um, a couple of other things that I'm passionate about um, expressed as well, but they sort of have to um, create a bit of division um, between the panellists as well to try and get a debate flourishing, I guess. Yeah, what's it like being in the elite club of people that Tony Jones has talked over? Um, oh, it's, it's an honour. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's... Uh, it, it's uh, well, last night it was a bit it was a bit in my face, um, but um, uh, it, was, it was okay. It was all in the... In a good spirit, I guess. But, yeah, he was on his best behaviour. He hadn't been doing it as much as I've seen in the past, but I was still a few times yeah. where I'm like, oh, I don't think he'd reach the end of his sentence there, Tony. <laughs> no, no, I had not a couple of occasions, and that was, I think, Christina Keneally also interrupted me a couple of times. But, um, <laughs> um, but um, no, I hadn't reached his sentences on some occasions, but I think a couple of other panellists may have got an interruption as well, so... <laughs> No worries. So you are on Q&A last night. A lot of it was about climate change and abortion. Um, if you were the host of Q&A, what issues would you be asking young people about and why? Like what, are you, what are really important issues to you? Uh, a really important issue um, to me is maintaining um, the social traditions and values of Australia um, that not only um, my parents' generation but my grandparents' generation have been able to benefit from um, that's created, made it, um, Australia such a prosperous, um, society, and I think that doesn't get talked about enough because we all we talk about is change, change, change this, change that. Um, when we really realise um, that what's at stake um, if we make all these big radical changes um, on social fronts. So I think that's something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah, uh, is it also are those issues reflective of what gets discussed in, at school? Like, is that actually what young people are talking about? Are there any issues that are really pressing towards young people that didn't get a shout out on last night's show? Oh, well, in, in sort of my experience, there have been people who are concerned um, who, when you talk to them enough, they say, oh, okay, that's, that's what we're sort of um, facing here. But I think kids are also um, passionate about making sure that they can get the best educational outcomes in their life, um, that they can have a job, a secure job, and that they can raise um, a prosperous family. Um, they're not so interested in this big um, sort of radical change that gets talked about um, a lot. So it's really, really sort of basic things that I get talked um, to about, such as raising a good family, having a good job, um, and just being able to live your life, I guess. All right. So we sort of start t- started talking about your peer group. So let's just go on with that a little bit more. Are you alone amongst your mates as a conservative, or do a lot of your friends feel the same way, or how's, how's the breakdown sort of work out? Oh, well, I think in the earlier days, um, Year 7, etc., I was sort of known as the um, the young conservative, but I think as a lot of us have gotten a bit older, matured a bit more, um, I think there's um, a bit of a greater respect for each other's opinions. But certainly I have friends um, across 
the political divide. Um, and I mean, I would say that the majority of my friends would be conservative. I'm happy to admit that. Um, but I also have plenty of um, left-wing friends as well and in my year group as well. Pete and I watched last night and we were absolutely blown away by your performance. I think, uh, you know, you'll be Prime Minister within at least six, seven to eight years. So we've just got a couple of requests here. So uh, I would love to be the US ambassador when you come to power. And then, uh, Pete, do you have any requests you want? Well, what I'd like, Willoughby, is I'd actually like to be my own show on the ABC, uh, where I'm, which I'm overpaid for and that is overstaffed. Sorry, can you, can we commit to that? Does that sound good to you, Willoughby? Sounds great. Okay, I can definitely cool. make that a priority, 100%. Yeah, brilliant. I'll send you some paperwork <laughs> in the next couple of minutes. But uh, you talk about how in your circle of friends, everyone's quite respectful and you have left-wing friends and you guys can get along, but certainly not the experience that I saw on uh, social media and on the Q&A Facebook page. Now, I know uh, you might not have seen that yourself, but did you ever start to hear about some of the stuff that people were saying online while you were on? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. My friends had brought it up and there were teachers at my school who were also concerned um, about it. But I understand that um, that these are, this is what social media is like. It's a bit of a cesspool, really, um, on both sides of politics, really, um, to an extent. Um, but I think a lot of people were getting slandered as well. So that was sort of across for all panellists. But I, I was made aware that I was receiving a few... Um, comments such as IPA clone or young liberal or stupid idiot or whatever. Um, but I'm, I was, I'm, I'm, it, it didn't really have much of an effect on me because I just know that they don't represent a majority of people and if you're making those comments then I don't know what, what, what else have you got to do with your life really. That's exactly right. That's really well said, mate. Now, you aren't on any social media channels you just told us. What's the reason for that? Is it because you think it's a bit of a cesspit? Uh, yeah, I think that too, but then there's also parents as well, um, So, and I understand that it's not probably going into year 11 and 12 as well, it's probably not um, something that I want to get caught up too much in, and I understand that um, there are a lot of dangers, but there's a lot of good things as well um, that come with social media, but that's just a personal choice of mine um, to not have um, social media, but I can understand why people do have it. Yeah, uh, with the whole the stuff being written about on social media, one of the discussions you were having on the show was uh, that Greta Thunberg doesn't deserve to be talked down to, that people should be respecting her opinions. And I saw a lot of online commenters on, on one side go, uh, yeah, we need to respect Greta Thunberg just because she's a kid doesn't mean anything. And then the second it turns to you, it's like, well, he's a young conservative. No, no one needs to worry about him. Like, it, Did you see that hypocrisy? Yeah, I do a bit. Um, I do. Um, I think I was always the last person to fork as well um, and sometimes I did miss out on the occasional comment um, but on that issue of um, on sort of what happened last night on that Greta Thunberg issue I thought um, when I was set up in that way I think I was sort of almost a bit backed into a corner in terms of giving a response so yeah absolutely I thought that too all right, so one person who was critical of you online was left-wing commentator Mike Carlton, who tweeted, Fancy joining the Liberal Party as a teenager. I can see why you might when you get rich, fat, old, selfish and greedy. But at 17, how tragic. So why don't you explain to Mike and others why you are attracted to the ideas of liberty and why you got involved? Well, I'm someone um, who has always been passionate um, about maintaining um, the social traditions of this country. Um, and I think that we need to realise in this country that big government and big bureaucracies are not beneficial for society. Um, and I do believe strongly in those values of liberty and that the individual 
um, should be driving our focus on all things, um, particularly in the economic and social um, sphere. Um, and I think that that's really important um, and making sure um, that there is also um, a safety net for those who um, aren't as well off as ourselves. Um, but I think that the individual is something that is extremely powerful in our society. Um, and I think I've just come to realise that at a young age. All right, brilliant. Uh, so, Willoughby, thanks so much for your time. So, I want to get a sense of, would you go back on Q&A after that performance? Because we thought definitely you need to go back on. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely consider going back on. Yeah. All right, brilliant. Willoughby, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we just want to get one final commitment to you uh, from you that uh, we're going to get our ambassadorship and Pete's going to get a show on the ABC. 100%. I can definitely get you your show on the ABC and your ambassadorship to the United States. All right, that's going to be a great awesome. audio file when you're Prime Minister. All right, brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. That gets me every week. All right, let us wrap up this week's show with the uh, Hey, What Did We Miss? The Young IPA Quiz. We have three contestants today. As always, Roof Seal, Peter Gregory on the end, Patrick Hannaford, returning champion, and Dr. Bella DeBerra joining us to try and unseat Patrick. So, welcome to the quiz. I thought I was meant to be unseating Pete. Uh, no, no, Pete no. did not win last oh, week. Okay. I didn't win last week. <laughs> yeah, one thing I will say about last week, James, yeah. a few listeners have noted that perhaps there was a bit of an issue with your adding up. Yes. I think I stuffed up uh, the score check. What was it? Uh, literally every single time <laughs> I read out the scores, they're yep. incorrect. Sorry, so I've just... designed a uh, actual uh, scoreboard for That's me to good. follow. That's good. <laughs> I like it. Excel. I a scoreboard. Yeah. Oh, it's actually still Word. I'm, I'm not a fancy <laughs> boy with the Excel. Come on, uh, boy. We know you went to Cambridge. Sorry. So you don't have to... All right, so we've got nine questions and who am I? Every question's worth one point. If you get it, uh, an incorrect answer, I'm taking one away. Yeah. Uh, shall we get, begin? We all good? Does everyone need buzzers. To buzz? Yeah, yeah, buzzers. Buzzers is going to be your first name for people that haven't heard the show before. Sorry, quick buzzer check down the table. Roof seal. Roof seal. Pat. Pat. Better. I can do that. All right, sweet. Uh, question one. Yes. Good luck to everyone. Quiz time. Question Favorite one. time of the week. Where is the G7 meeting being Bella. held? Bella. Biritz. Um, is that in France? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down France. <laughs> Europe. <laughs> Earth. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Question two. Name uh, five G7 countries. Peter. Peter. Canada, America, Australia, Italy, Germany. Done. Yeah. Five points. Uh, hang on. Yeah. Oh, I said Australia. Australia is not Oh, oh no. Oh. Well. Sorry, that is going to be one point off for Pete. That's and, as bad as uh, Tim Payne's yeah. captaincy the other night. <laughs> Boy, let's not, let's not, let's not throw you down lift, the river. Peter, Can lift. anyone name five? Well, uh, uh, the US, Canada, France, uh, Germany. Oh my God, Great Ooh. Britain. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Yeah. UK. Okay. Yep. Uh, well, right. technically. Sorry. Uh, score check: Bella one, Pat one, Pete negative one. Sorry, Pete. Uh, question three: Which Australian film star went viral complaining about the seats at the USA Peter. versus? Bruce Hill. Bruce Hill. Uh, I said Peter, which is technically not my buzzer. But so give it to Bella. All right, Bella. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe did indeed complaining about how much money he shelled out. I thought for bad basketball seats. This week. <laughs> Sorry. This is in the news. This was newsworthy. This is easier especially than last for. Week. Oh well. Hmm. <laughs> Still, you know, the last seven days since the last podcast. Come on, Pat. Pat come on. Team player. All right. uh, I'm waiting for the Brexit question. <laughs> question. Oh, you slow down there, Patrick. Uh, question four. Uh, according to a report today, today, you like that, Pat? According to a report today, how many suburbs in Australia still don't even have a date set for the NBN to arrive? Good question. Within the nearest 10. Suburbs in Australia. The NBN being a thing for years. How many suburbs still don't have any? I don't know. No, any so random guesses? Any, you don't want to lose that point. We're all going to lose a point, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Random guess. All right, so it's 123. Wow. 
Still nothing. I would have said five million, so therefore <laughs> I was right not to answer. <laughs> I was still giving you a point for closest to the mark. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, question six. So, which comedian is drawing a lot of ire for his recent stand-up special, Sticks and Roof Stones? Roof Seal. Dave Chappelle. Done. Woo-hoo. All right, Pete, back to zero. Back to zero. Uh, all right, so score check still. Bella two, Pat one, Roof Seal. Zero. That's right. Can't anyone can win. Thank anyone you. can lose, but anyone can win. That's right. All right, next question. Uh, what was Donald Trump's reported solution to hurricanes? Bella. Pat. That was oh, Bella. Yeah, just. Bella. Bella Pat went for a lean-in and it just killed him. because you nuclear, <laughs> nuclear, bo- nuclear bombs right in the middle of a hurricane. Exactly. Oh, my God. Best way to stop a hurricane yeah. I've ever heard. If it's not going to be in Act 3 of an action film, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> All right, uh, next question. So, which Australian politician climbed Uluru this Bella. week? Oh, oh Bella, Bella again. Pauline Hanson. Bella is running just, away with it. They just call it. her quick Debrera. Like, you know, <laughs> one right. of those Did shooters they? in the what? I don't know what that <laughs> actually means. <laughs> quick fire Debrera. Just one of those shooters in the old west, you yeah, know, yeah, bang. Yeah. All right, quick draw. Uh, quick draw, that's it. Okay, IPA adjunct fellow Aaron Lane got some media last week off this story. Uh, so public servants in the Treasury are getting how much money Bella. per employee? Oh, my God. $600. $600 in lifestyle commu- contribution allowance. So they basically get $600 from their employer to go really? to the gym. Last year it cost us $497,000. Wow, right? Yeah. Bella pounds. was like tell, all the morning going like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able I to said, keep up with the no, news I cycle. Said, no, I did not say that. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, there's, a lot the of, I said there's a lot of news. <laughs> Right. And you read it all. <laughs> <laughs> read it all. <laughs> all right. Uh, did you see these questions? No, I way. did not. Okay, cool. Uh, which Pacific Island nation announced? Uh, sorry, which Pacific nation announced today that they were moving their capital Bella. city? Indonesia. All over it. All oh over my god! god, god yes. All time. All right. So this is a percentage check. booster. Okay. Uh, and then last question before the Who Am I'm I? I'm gonna get it back with the Who Am I? Win the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you'll need it. <laughs> it's <laughs> six. Six to Bella. One to. Pat and zero to Pat. Oh, can so, I get relegated or like will <laughs> yeah, I still be in next week? Go play seconds. <laughs> yeah. All there. right. Uh, okay. So obviously the whole world's looking at the Amazon rainforest fires. Yep. Uh, and the president is drawing a lot of ire. So spell Jaya Bolsonaro. Bella. Oh. Bella again. J A I R. Yep. B O L. Yep. O- S-O-N-A-R-O. Oh, my God. She's too quick. All right. Sorry. Don't be sorry. Quiz is already settled. I've got to get quicker. Quiz is already settled. (laughs) Bella's won. It's seven seven one zero. Could she lose points for a misdemeanor or something? Like, what if she's found to be a drug cheat or something like that? (laughs) Think about it. All right, cool. So let's do the Who Am I just to have a bit of fun. Just because we've got to fill a bit of content. (laughs) We've run short. (laughs) Because we went through so quickly. The Bella de Show has really sped through our uh, budget here. All right, so Who Am I? I was born on this date in 1632 in Britain. Five points. This date, 1632. 1632. Could be anybody. Well, it could really be a very selective group of people. (laughs) For people that were both born in 1632 and are still relevant today. This is not a Who. We can't ask questions. I'm just going to go, Pat. Pat. Nothing to lose. John Locke. Oh, it's oh, what? <laughs> what is he on? Oh, he was on one. So that, that, that gets six, but Bella gets seven. Yes. Oh, my God. That is, this is an absolute boil over. <laughs> and Pete gets zero. I don't know. I, I just guess like people may be relevant born around. It was, it was John so Locke. It was John Locke. Do you I know was, how much time I spent trying to figure out <laughs> a three-pointer and a two-pointer for John Locke? What, 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 what are the questions? Well, if you'll indulge me. So yeah, four points sure. was going to be on one of the most influential thinkers in the Enlightenment. Still could yeah. be only a few. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my most famous work is Essay Concerning yeah, okay. Human Understanding. Yeah, good. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And the other one was Two Treatises Concerning Two treatises Government. Two Treatises Concerning... Which I've seen in the state Treatises. Library. Oh, that's a fun fact. Treatises. 
Sorry, Pete, who's uh, <laughs> just trying to Which see what your score is? Two trees. Two trees. Two trees. I've like seen the original in the State Library in New South Wales. Oh, one yeah. of the original copies. Wait, was that with you for that trip? The no. film trip? No. no we left you else. home for that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> all right. That is it for the show this week. Thanks again to all our guests. Thank you to our panellists here for the uh, quiz. Bella, returning champion, you'll be back next week. Yeah. Peter, uh, making up the numbers, will also be back next week. <laughs> I think I'll win next <laughs> week. Got nowhere else to go. <laughs> Uh, and I knew yeah. the answers. I was just too slow. Maybe if we like accumulate Pete's score over several weeks. <laughs> when does Patty? Does Patty leave now? Like he's already lost. We don't need for this to do it. That's really just having a good day. Uh, all right. Uh, make sure if you're listening, uh, you're subscribed on any of the platforms. You can tell your friends and family about it as well. We're available on all podcast platforms. We're also filming the quiz. If you want to watch us do the quiz, uh, if you want to watch us do the whole damn show, that's all on the IPS YouTube channel as well. So you can go watch it as well. Whole right. damn show. Whole damn show. <laughs> and nothing else. Uh, see you guys next week. See ya.